Welcome to the Carolyn Shuttlesworth Podcast, where we'll dive deep into the Word of God, build strong faith, and finish the devil. Here's your host, author, speaker, and nonstop mom, Carolyn Shuttlesworth. Today, I'm going to be doing a brief overview. Actually, I'm going to read that um, testimony real quick to you that came in after I spoke at the Crosswords meeting. Uh, this woman's heart was healed, and it's, it's powerful. So just, just a couple days after I spoke on Saturday, after we laid hands on everyone and prayed, uh, got this testimony in, and it uh, was phenomenal. It says, Carolyn, I got a testimony. I've been praising God for about an hour now. Tears, dancing, worshiping Him. Here's the background. I'm expecting a baby come this March um, in April. An OB saw my history of heart issues, which I've had two corrective surgeries for, and I did confess that I had been having a few palpitations. They immediately recommended that I need to start seeing my cardiologist again because of being an at-risk. Well, not only did that irritate me, but also did and started to make me nervous being a new mom and pregnant. But God is eternally good. When you came to Crossroads and testified about your daughter, it encouraged me so much. I laid it all out at the altar, everything I was going through. I went hard in prayer, declaring everything I needed and rebuking everything the devil had been trying to concern me with. And I heard the Lord say, it is done. This was two days ago. Fast forward to today, um, after my testing, my cardiologist was actually confused as to why I was there. He said, my condition is, and she put in all caps, cured. And if I were to ever be seen again, he would never even take my history into consideration and start from scratch. Clean slate. I have a strong and healthy heart, a normal EKG. Not only that, but I was also dealing with severe sciatic pain for about two months since finding out I was pregnant. And since Saturday, since the meeting, I've had no pain. I haven't had to take any medication for pain and it's gonna stay like that in Jesus' name. I'm just so very thankful for you and Ted it's a true treasure already having Pastor Brian and Pastor Jessica as leaders, but to join arms with another powerful couple and for you to come speak to the women Saturday, it's just such a gift. Thank you so, so much. And so I was literally in tears reading this myself, praising God, you know, all week for that. I mean, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. I spoke at this at my question and answer on Saturday because I was saying that I'm so blown away at meetings, how people will just sit there and look at their watch and they won't come because there's no childcare and they won't, you know, do this. And they, they you know, they got to come. If it's too cold, you know, I can't stay in service too long. If it's too hot, I got to go because I'm thirsty. I don't know. These are just Believe me, people are, are, are silly like that. I mean, it's like always something has to be just so perfect for them to sit in the house of God. It's too late. It's too early. It's too cold. It's too hot. The weather's too much outside. But when you realize, you know, you might not think everybody's going through something looking at him from the outside, but they're believing God for a life-altering situation. 
You're like, it never gets old. It never gets old to hear miracles. It never gets old to see miracles because that is freedom for them. You know, think about it. You might not be going through something, but how sweet is that taste of freedom? Well, that's what people want. That's what others want in Jesus. And so I told everybody when I posted this, rejoice with her. If you're believing for something, he's no respecter of persons. He wants to do it for you and he's going to do it for you. That's the promise of his word. He didn't go around one time in the word of God, maybe healing somebody, thinking about it. Everyone that needed a miracle, whether it be healing, provision, every time someone needed a miracle in the Bible, he went ahead and did it. And so today, he's no different. So if you're believing, just like she was believing for something, don't give up. Press in. That's what I'm going to speak on today. We have the power to make uh, the changes. We have the power to change what's going on in our life. We have the ability. We have to, you know, alter the course. We don't like what's going on right now. If there's something you're dealing with, something you're going through that you don't care for, that you're dealing with, you're, you're frustrated with, let's change it. Let's change it today. I told them on Saturday, let's change it. Let's draw that line. We're not taking it anymore. We're not dealing with it anymore. We're changing our mindset. We're changing our confession. And we're going to see the promises of God. We're going to see the goodness of God in our life, in our life. And so that came in from this past Saturday. Um, so what I dealt with um, this past Saturday uh, with the women, and I wanted to share a little bit with you today, uh, was I called it faith and action to transform. Faith is an action word. We have to do something about our faith. We have to do something when it comes to, you know, when it comes to that. We have to believe that is an action. We have to believe. We have to speak. That's another action. So our faith is an action word. And so I was, uh, when I was um, praying and really praying for the women at Crossroads and getting prepared in Montana for my meeting, um, there was a story that I came across when I preached in Georgia back in April. Or, yeah, April. On um, boldness and purpose and faith. And I, I really did some reading into Rahab. And I know we know a lot of her by knowing she was the prostitute, knowing that she did the scarlet cord and she saved the two spies. And so um, that's, that's kind of what I touched on. I touched on three things uh, on Saturday about how we're women who decide where we stand, we're women who take responsibility, and we're women who we don't dwell in the past and we definitely don't stay in our present situation our faith is our future. Our faith is what we're speaking, is changing it right now, moving us into the better. Changing right now, moving us into the future. Because sometimes we'll get stuck. We'll get stuck with the enemy lying to us, the enemy reminding, of, reminding us of our past, the enemy, you know, telling us uh, this is what uh, you know it's supposed to be for you because this is how you grew up. This is your current life situation and just embrace it. 
But if it's not the goodness of God and it's not what God has for you, don't embrace anything. If it's not from God, it's not going to be good. It might be good in the moment. It might be good for that instant gratification kick. But if it's not from God, it's not going to be good and it's not going to be lasting. And so he has something just for you. So we're not going to stick in our past. We're not going to stay exactly where we are either. What happens is uh, we get testimonies. We get to a good place in life and in the now. And we're like, we're comfortable here. We're comfortable here. God's brought me here. I've been obedient. I've been to this place, this path, and I'm good where I'm at. I'm happy. We're all healthy. We're healed. But that's not what it is. You know, Ted's grandfather used to say, I'm, dis I'm satisfied with a dissatisfied satisfaction. I'm satisfied with a dissatisfied satisfaction. Praise God for where you are in, in the present. Praise God for where he's brought you. Praise God that you've taken uh, the leading of the Holy Spirit to get you where you are. But you know what? There's still better. There's still more. And we're still going forward. We're still going higher. So don't be comfortable exactly where you are. It's not that you're not happy. Don't get out of your, your happy. Don't get out of, you know, your joy. It's not that you're not happy where you are. It's that that's not where you're going to stay. He's not meant for you to stay because your faith is an operation. When your faith is always an operation, there's going to be an uncomfortable feel. There's going to be a pull. There's going to be a tug because anytime you're stretched, you're going higher for something. You know, when you're reaching for something in your cabinet that's on your, you're on your tippy toes and you're reaching so high, so high, you know, you're stretching your arms, you're starting to feel a pull. Well, that's your faith. You're starting to go from level to level. There's no cap on your faith. You just should be increasing until the Lord returns. So don't be dissatisfied where you are right now. If you're like, man, life is good. Life's fine. I'm good. If you're that person, say, nope. What does God want me to do next? What's more I can do for the kingdom? I can win more souls. I can be a blessing. You know, find out what the leading is to the next step of faith, to the next thing to work. Because if you're not working your faith, if you're not operating in your faith to, to stretch it, then it's the, the action part, the action part doesn't exist. So faith in action to transform, starting real quick in Joshua 2, just for the sake of time, I won't read all of it, but the story of is Rahab hides uh, the, the spies. So you got the spies coming in, coming to our house, you know, and, and this is what uh, I'll start with uh, because, you know, you're looking at what she is, she's a prostitute, we know that's nobody's dream job. Nobody uh, goes to the guidance counselor at school and says, hey, I want to sell my body for money and I want to give sex and I want to just sleep around town with everybody for any amount of money. Okay, that's not something that uh, little girls, and I know there's male sluts too. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> male, male who was. <laughs> Sorry, it's Friday. I'm not. I'm not getting kicked off of this. Uh, <laughs> lost Tiffany in the back. Um, it's not when anyone grows up 
insane. Like, that's what I really want to do, guys. I'm putting it down on my top three jobs. You know, if being an architect doesn't work out, I want to sell my body for sex and money. No, nobody says that. Just, just, well, just want to put that out there, that nobody says that. Okay, so you have a prostitute that has a really rough life, okay? It's not a good life. It's not enjoyable. Nothing good about it. So you think somebody that's like that has no purpose in life. Too messed up to be used by God. Who's going to want her? Who's going to want to move on? Uh, she is where she is. There's really no getting out of this. Uh, and this has molded who she is. It's now become her identity because that's what she's known as. Rahab, the prostitute. And so, you know, that's what it is. So she's going to have to, in this story, let go of her past. Because obviously um, some things... I'm sure transpired in her past to make her what she is now in the present uh, of the story because that's just not a normal job. Um, and so you have to see that uh, in this story, she looked at her future for her and her family. And, and really, if you look at the lineage, because I'm going to read it off to you real quick, how powerful it is that she transformed from a prostitute to the matriarch of the Christian and Jewish faith. I mean, that's that one decision that she's getting ready to make. Her faith and action to transform this situation changes the course of history. Because look, look what she is... Um, there's so many like names in the Bible, so I had to like make sure I write it down. We know Rahab is the mother of Boaz. You guys, you know, that's the, I don't know, the running joke that women always want a Boaz. <laughs> Not a Brogaz. <laughs> You've never heard that, Tiff? <laughs> they want their Boaz, not a Brogaz. Come on. <laughs> it's Friday. It's Friday, y'all. Get ready for my video at the end. So Rahab is the mother of Boaz. <laughs> Ruth, we know the story of Ruth, right? Marries Boaz and they have Obed. Well, he's the father of Jesse. And who is Jesse's son but um, King David? So look what Rahab and her change and her transformation in this moment, this situation that she's in, she has a choice to go two different ways and it changes the course of history because, you know, we know the story of Ruth and we know about Boaz and we know about Jesse and then obviously we know about King David. Those people would have never, yeah, see Ruth? See, Ruth knows. Uh, and, so, <laughs> and so that would never have changed King David, we would not have had King David and giving the largest offering and killing Goliath and, you know, all of that. So you have to realize that her action here is getting ready to transform the entire, entire life. So we're starting with we are women who decide where we stand. Because if you look here, the spies went up to the roof. We're in Joshua 2. The spies went up to the roof and they're hidden. Now she has an opportunity. This is her opportunity to make a change. We have, hey, Lena, I might have to start at the beginning to even understand what I'm talking about. 
been fun. Sorry, I'm so thirsty. I scarfed down my lunch right before I went on. It's been one of those days. Um, and so Rahab had to pick a side. So that's why I'm saying we are women who have to decide where we stand. She had to pick a side. So here come officers into her house. They're, I'm sure, threatening her. I'm sure they're not treating her right based on her identity around town. I'm sure, you know, the lack of respect, the lack of tolerance, everything. Just picture it, a prostitute being interrogated. Unfortunately, uh, you know, life is the same as somebody how they would have treated them today. I mean, it's not like because it's 2021, it is the same back then. So you've got officers that have come in, they're, they're harassing this prostitute, uh, Rahab, and they're saying, where are the spies? Where did they go? They said men had come into this house, you know, da 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 and I'm sure it lasted a long time. So in that moment, she had a decision to make, where do I stand? Where do I stand? And in a moment, I'm gonna fast forward and I'm gonna show you how she knew where to stand. But where would she stand? That's what we have to do uh, for us. Where, as women of God, are we going to stand? Are we going to let life come our way and take it? Are we going to let situations creep into our home life and then change the atmosphere, change the way we are with our, our husbands, change the tone of the atmosphere, change how we treat our kids? What about how we do our job and our workplace? Where are we going to stand? Uh, when life uh, comes at us with persecution for who we serve, what we believe in, what we're taking ground for, are we going to decide where we stand? This, 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 we're at such a crisis moment. Like there can't be any, you know, we've all read about lukewarm Christians and how it's vomit. God's going to vomit you. You can't ride the fence. I mean, that's all been taught on. But now we're like living in it real life where you can't be in a gray area. It's you're on fire for God, making a difference, changing lives, operating in his power, living by faith, standing up against the enemy, walking out your daily victory walk, or you're caving. You're just going to be okay with everything. We're, you know, we're just going to be in this big mass, you know, love situation. If that's the way somebody wants to live their lifestyle, it's okay because they're covered by grace and love and God loves them. And, you know, it has nothing to do if God loves them or not. God loves them. So if someone's living a lifestyle that isn't pleasing to him, it's not that he doesn't love them. And that's how we should be as humans here on earth. It's not that we don't love them. It's we love them enough to let them know this is not the right way to live. This is not the right way to conduct yourself. This isn't going to get you into heaven. This is going to send you to hell. This is, you know, I love you enough to save your life. Okay. So there is going to be a time. Where do we stand? Where do we stand? She had to pick a side. She had to pick a side. If you go to Joshua 2, she says up here, um, uh, da, 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 da. Uh, but when she had brought them up to the roof and hid them under the stalks of the flax, she had laid an order on the roof. So the men, um, let me see. Sorry, I'm, this is Ted's Bible. Mine isn't right here. I want to go where she said. Okay, 
This is where it is. In verse 8, before the men lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that the fear of you has fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. For when we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Shihon and the Og, whom you devoted to destruction. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted and there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is the God in heavens above and on the earth beneath. And so I want to show you that she hasn't experienced God. She hasn't dealt with God like the two spies did, like they're like the the people who are following God. But what she heard changed saying, you know what? What I've heard about your God makes me want to do something different. What I heard about your God and how powerful your God is makes me want to change my lifestyle, makes me want to save myself. Not only me, but save my mom, my dad, my brother, my sisters. I mean, she went on and said, if, if I do this, with, if I do this, it says that you will save alive my father and my mother, my brothers and my sisters and all who belong to them, all who belong to them. Um, all who belong to them. So it's not just the immediate. She's like, I want you to change not only me, but I want you to change the entire family bloodline. I'm making this decision. I've heard about your God. Well, what does the Bible say? Faith comes by hearing. So that's why on Saturday when I caused this faith and action to transform, she's going by what she's heard about how powerful God is. And now she's going to change the course of her life, of her family's life, and on and on and on because of this one decision. That's how much power you have when you decide where you stand. When you decide where you stand, you can alter the life of not only yourself, but the people you're connected to, the people in your family. It takes one. It takes one. You know, all of the Shuttlesworths are in ministry, all of them. I mean, we even have my kids doing videos now, you know, so it's like legit. Everyone who's a Shuttlesworth is doing something, either a kids ministry, a youth ministry, an evangelist, a pastor. I mean, everybody is preaching. Everybody's preaching. But it was my uh, uh, Ted's grandfather who, who made that and it went down the line. That one change. The change was in his hands. The decision was there when he got saved, when he decided to leave. You know, he didn't come from a good lifestyle. He didn't come from, you know, anything much. He didn't come from a good family. But when Jesus got a hold, when he heard about Jesus and changed his life, now look, because of that decision, because of what Ted's grandparents, grandfather and grandmother did, now it has been down through the family and the fire is transferred, the fire's going down, and we're gonna work hard at keeping it that way. We're not letting anybody go sideways. <laughs> we're not, we're not. That is our life's goal 
is we're keeping it that way because of a decision. So what side, what are you standing for? Next, I talked about women who take responsibility. Just like Rahab, she was gonna do something about her situation. She was gonna do something about her situation. Faith in, is an action word I, I spoke on uh, earlier, and it, it's gonna transform a situation. Faith will always transform a situation. When you see something and then you have faith for it, you're gonna see the fruit of it. You're gonna see the result. You're gonna see the, the change of it, the transformation of it. So she took responsibility of the, outcome, uh, of the outcome. She said, I believe your God, when she was talking to these two spies, did this. Now, because I know he did this, I want in on it, right? I, I want in on it. That's like me. That's how you have to think. You want in on it. You want in on the power. You want in on uh, the, the transformation of life that God gives us. You want in on the victory. You want in on eternal life. You want in on it. And, and living that way as a representation, other people are going to want in on the goods, in on the covenant, in on the rights to have what God has given to you and to me. And so she took responsibility of the outcome. What are you believing for? Don't pray, well, Lord, if it be your will that you touch my life, if it be your will that I can, uh, my kids will be protected, you know, if they have to, like what parent goes around and saying, like, you know, if it be your will that you protect my kids, you know, if they have to go out in a school shooting, let it be for the glory of God. Let them know that they were a light in a dark place, but now they're in heaven, right? That sounds insane, insane. But you know what? That's what is being said. When you don't pray the word of God and you just float around saying whatever prayers you want, not having any authority and just not even like saying if it be your will. Well, we know it's his will. It says that his name is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. Okay, that's it. His name. Use his name. Get that card. You got the name card. You can pull that. That's a, that's a name card you can pull. You know, everyone's always like dropping names, you know, name dropper. Well, this is when you can drop names because his name is above every other name. His name is above everything else. So this is a good time to be a name dropper. Don't just go around, whatever is okay. I'll accept anything. You know, there's, you know, I'm... I've got this sickness because, you know, my friend's going through this sickness right now. So I just, I want to feel what they're going through because we can do this together. We're better together. We're better together. No, 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 no. Yeah, there's unity in numbers, but someone's got to like, you know, let's have the authority. Let's speak boldness. Let's command the enemy to leave. Let's rise our friend up, rise our family member up and say, you're not getting taken out by the enemy. The, the God of this universe, the King of Kings is my provider. He's my healer. You're not dying. You will live in Jesus name. And so that is exactly how we're supposed to be. We are taking responsibility of everything around us. You don't like your marriage? 
Don't blame it on anyone else. Don't try to get 19 self-help books and, and do everything else. What can change about you? Have you gone to the Holy Spirit and be like, Holy Spirit, can, can, you, can you tell me what I need to do to be better? Show me what I need to fix. Maybe there's something I need to handle better. Maybe I need to change this thought process that I've had my whole life because I've seen my parents do it. Maybe that's not the right thought process. Holy Spirit, help me, help me. You know, we're always like <laughs> praying for the other person. <laughs> Make them better, change them, you know, have them do this. But it's like, you know what? Maybe we should say, Lord, direct my steps. How can I be a better representation of you? I'm gonna take responsibility. I'm gonna take responsibility in this marriage. I'm not waiting for the husband or the, you know, if you're a husband watching, a wife to step into it. I'm gonna take responsibility. I'm gonna pray. I'm anointing our marriage with oil. I'm speaking life into it. I'm gonna see what needs to be changed. I'm gonna operate by the word of God. You know, so we gotta take situations that you may be going through and we're gonna take responsibility of it today. We're taking responsibility of it. That's what Rahab did. She said, I'm taking responsibility and what decision I make today because of what I heard is gonna change my life, my family's life, and long down the road, their life too. You gotta see it far out, not just the now, you gotta see out into the future. You gotta see out into the future. In 2 Kings 7, 3, it talks about, I'm not going to go there, but if you go to 2 Kings 7, 3, it's talking about lepers outside of the gate. And, you know, lepers, obviously, they're, they're getting ready. You know, at some point, they're going to die. And there's this whole thing with an army going on there in 2 Kings 7, 3. And if you look, I love where it says in 7, 3, it says, why sit here until we die? Why sit here until we die? Why are we gonna let the world system tell me what's going on? Why am I gonna listen to the news over the word of God? Why am I gonna listen to the government officials over the word of God? Why am I going to let the education system uh, tell me how to teach my kids, what to teach my kids, uh, when the appropriate time is to teach my kids, what they should know, what they shouldn't know? Why am I leaving it up to this world system to do anything with my life, with my kids. God gave you your kids for you to be in charge of them. They're a gift to you, not a gift to the world. They're a gift to you, not a gift to the world. So you take responsibility. You take control of the situation. You dictate what's going to be taught. You dictate what you allow in your house. You dictate what comes into your atmosphere and across your boundary lines. You dictate it. We're not from this world. We are not going to be a part of their chaos. We have a Christ. We don't have a crisis. We're not going to be a part of their chaos. I'm not going to listen when they say jump. I don't say how high. I say why. <laughs> Who are you talking to? <laughs> I'm not jumping. I'm not your puppet on a string. I get orders from one person, and that's God Almighty. And when he says move, I'll move. When he says bow, I'll bow. When he says stand, I'll stand. And so that's how we have to look at our life. That is how we have to operate as women of God. So we are going to take a stand. 
We're not going to sit here until we die. We're going to do something about it. We're going to take our faith into action and we're going to cultivate. We're going to change the course of history. That is what we're going to do. That is we're going to get a Holy Ghost uh, back, backbone like we never have before. Amen? Amen. All right. So, you know, uh, and then we're going to uh, also... Uh, and number three is don't dwell on your past or even your present. I said that um, a little bit at the beginning because that is what is a uh, life tripper upper is what I want to say. <laughs> it trips you up because memories kick in, thoughts kick in, um, and, and a lot of us know, hey, we're forgiven. Christ doesn't remember it. It's thrown into a sea of forgetfulness. But yet somehow we fall for the trap of our past. We fall for the trap of um, what we did, where we came from, who we are, what our identity is. That's why it's so key that we know what our identity and who we are in Christ is. It's key. It's key to walking out this life in victory. And when I say it's key, it's like the master key. I'm not dumbing it down at all. We have to know who we are in Christ. So when the devil does try to remind you of your past, does try to bring up uh, things that either you did, family you came from, bad situations, you have to remind him who you are in Christ Jesus. Faith and action to transform can't dwell on the past and the present. Why let your past pull you by a leash? Faith is stepping in to the future, speaking it. I believe, therefore, I speak. Isaiah 43, 19 says, For I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun it. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry waste land. Faith is seeing it, speaking it, looking through your natural eyes, your natural, I mean, your supernatural eyes is seeing it. So you have to see something new. Something new is here. Something new is coming. Don't get stuck in the past. Don't get stuck just in the present. The faith is pulling you to greater things, pulling you to better things, pulling you to greatness, pulling you in uh, to, to change this world. Changed people are the only thing that's going to change the world. And we have to operate just like Jesus did. He said, be imitators of me in 1 Corinthians 11. 1. Um, and so we have to... Sorry, I couldn't hear what you said. Well, I wasn't talking to you. Sorry, Siri. She's so annoying sometimes. She'll, she'll answer you when you're not talking to her. And then when you ask her to do things, she's like, MIA. Um, so... <laughs> So we have to take um, responsibility. We have to know where we stand. And we're not going to dwell on the past and stay in the present where we are, whether if it's really good right now or if you're in a present situation where you're like, I need to get out ASAP. But you know what? There's a way out. It's Jesus. It's understanding who you are. It's understanding who you are in Christ. And it's making that decision, just like Rahab did. Rahab changed the course of history. She was no longer going to live that lifestyle when she made this change. She was no longer going to live that way. She, she went and got married, like 
life-altering situation happened when she heard about God, made a decision, and then changed what she stood for, decided and made made a stand against those guys, made a stand and said, um, I don't know where they are, and then was able to change the course of history. So I'm ending with Psalm 46, 5. God dwells in that city. Who is the city? We are the city. We are the city. And it says it cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. That's the new living. Um, I like how it reads in the King James as well. It says, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. That city is you. That city is you. God shall help her and that right early. That is Psalm uh, 46, 5, if that's something you want to look up and highlight. But that, that's where we're standing. That's just a, a highlight of what I spoke on on Saturday because I'm, I'm tired of seeing Christians live below their standard of life that God has for them. That standard of life that God has for them. It's not that things won't come your way. It's not that the enemy's not going to, you know, not everything is an attack of the enemy, but he is going to attack you. You know, a lot of it is choices we've made and now we're, we're reaping consequences. You know, and then when, uh, the devil gets the blame all the time and it's like, just make better choices. Uh, but it is all, you know, the enemy will attack your life and you're going to have to stand there. And you're going to have to make a decision. Am I going to cave? Am I going to fall? You know, and this is the importance of surrounding yourself with strong women, strong friends, not people who are going to coddle the situation that you're in and just say, you know, it's okay. You know, we're just together. We're going to learn a lesson out of this. Just you and I, you and I, we're going to write a journal about it. We're going to have adult coloring time. We're just going to take all this in. We're just going to take it all in right now because it's what he wants. We're, we're going to get a testimony out of this. We're going to get a testimony out of this. No. And that's why I'm here for you. I want to be here for you because I want to strength inside of you. I want you to feel boldness. I want you to feel purpose. I want you to feel faith. I want it to rise up inside of you because like I said at the beginning, no more prayer projects. No more constantly being the one that's always got to be on the prayer chain list, always the one that's got to be, you know, on the list for something, always calling in for prayer. No, you don't feel well, lay your hands on your head. You don't have to wait for the next person to come through town to have revival services. You have the power with inside of you. And that's what I want to get through to you today. Heavenly Father, thank you for each and every person watching now, listening to the replay, listening to the podcast, that their life is changing now in the name of Jesus. Lord, there's a boldness, a strength like never before, that we're taking the word of God wholeheartedly. We're going to make a stand in our life. We're drawing the line in the sand. We're not caving to anything in this world system. We're not letting them dictate anything to us. We're in charge of our own outcome. We're in charge of our children's lives, our marriage, our health, our strength. Lord, you've given us all the power over the enemy. You've given us ammunition. You've given us the word of God. It's our guide. It's our GPS, Lord. So we don't have to wander. We don't have to wonder what you have for us. Thank you, Lord, for giving us such a precious gift, giving us 
precious answers to questions we have in life, Lord, that everything is here in your word, that we will obey it, we will honor it, we will follow it, we will do what it says, and we will receive the blessings of God because you're a good father and you want to see goodness and over all of us. We have greatness inside of us. So thank you, Lord, that we are a city, like your word of God says in Psalm 46, 5, we're a city that cannot be destroyed. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Let me see your emojis. I want to see you guys receive that in the name of Jesus. I felt a strength on it. We're not ending this week disheveled. We're not ending this week tired. We're not ending this week uh, feeling like we can't go on. We're going to be strengthened by the mighty power of the name of Jesus because that's our fuel. That is our fuel in life. Man, I love you guys. Thanks for hanging out with me on Friday. Friday at 2. I don't even know what time it is. What time is it? Oh, it's 3. Look at that. I magically do that. Like, right on time and I don't even mean to I don't even have to have it in time but it just happens to be that way you guys are awesome uh, getting ready to tell you the winner of the UGG blanket and hopefully she's still on because I got to see you comment and be on if you are going to receive it her name is April Horrocks H-O-R-R-O-C-K-S April if you are still on, give me a shout out in the comments. If not, we're going to go to the next person. Uh, but this is for the UGG blanket and throw. I love it. I, I've, I have one for my couch. I also have UGG comforters and bedding on my kids' beds. And I may or may not have just bought myself UGG towels for my bathroom. And I love Ugg slippers. And actually, I have Bethany Hooker. She's not here next winter. Uh, she has, um, and I love, I love Ugg slippers. So, and I also have Ugg sweaters. I, I, I think I just like the brand Ugg. So, um, all right, April, one more second, and I'm gonna get a new name. Yes, Benita. You know what? I don't think I realized that, and then I saw them at the store, and yes, they make Ugg towels and they are divine all right next person because april has left the building she got super offended and left no i'm just kidding totally kidding i don't know who she is <laughs> spread rumors <laughs> that april all right the next person is bonita was it is it castillo was that the last name oh, sorry the thing's going up and down and <laughs> corson bonita Corson. Oh, April. April just wrote in. Knee, yay. All right, April, you were saved. Whew. Saved by your comment, literally. <laughs> Bethany wrote, pronounce Bethany. Hey, Bethany Hooker. I talked about you today with Rahab, and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> She said that was so close. I know. Now you just make me feel like I got to buy two. <laughs> Congratulations, April. I'm so glad you said something. No, I got it, April. You were literally, as Tiffany was typing the person's last name, 
you responded. So you got it just in the nick of time, April. Love you guys. Thanks for hanging out with me. Um, so Saturday is Brooklyn's eighth birthday. I can't believe my little Brooklyn turns eight. I'm very sad about it. Um, not so much about Maddie, because I feel like she is always been older. Like she came out of the womb understanding graphics and design and writing journals and stuff. She just has always been an older baby to me. But Brooklyn has always been my squishy, uh, needs mommy, clingy, super kissy to this day, super kissy. And um, so we're gonna uh, take her away uh, this weekend for a couple of days for her birthday to celebrate her. Uh, we are always so busy and on the go, but we wanna always take time to bless our kids and let them know that they're important and that they are number one uh, before obviously under the Lord and under Ted and I together, but they are number one over all of our work and everything else that we do. So I will not be with you on Wednesday, but next Friday um, I will be returning. Uh, Ted will, morning broadcast will be good, but next Friday in the afternoon, um, I will be returning to be with you guys and for another fall giveaway. Love you guys so much. Um, April, uh, email, do we have her email? Okay, April, I will email you the colors of the throw and the blanket so you can choose what works best for your home. Love you guys so much. Have a fabulous weekend. Thanks for spending Friday with me, and I'll talk to you next week.